Yes. Yeah. You ready? You hear me? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, you ready to start, man? Yeah, sure. No problem. Okay. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Derek D. Wild, man. We're doing another episode of the Detroit Chess Killers podcast. Right here, I got a special talent. I met him at the World Open. Introduce yourself to the world. Uh, well, I'm Kevin Cupid from Trinidad and Tobago. I'm the two-time national champion. I recently won the championship uh, uh, earlier in September. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a full-time chess coach, and I'm an undergrad in economics. Okay, so when you say you just won, you're your country's champion, the whole country? Yeah, I'm the I'm the national absolute champion. Okay, so let's talk about that tournament uh, sure. first, and then we're going to go into like some of your history, how you got into chess and all that other stuff. So tell people about the tournament that made you the national champion of your country. Okay, well, um, every year around, let's say, sometimes September, sometimes October, it all depends, mm-hmm. um, we have the national championship. Now, every, like, let's say every odd number, so... For example, Olympiad is in 2020. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, which is this year, that nationals, the top three players, the top three quali- who, who um, qualify for that tournament, they go automatic- automatically to Olympiad. So it would be like 2019. Of course, we had the Olympiad in Azerbaijan, which was, I believe, 2016. So, to qualify for that would have been the Nationals 2015. So, this is the second Nationals I have won, which qualifies me automatically for um, Olympiad. And Georgia, last the last Chess Olympiad, I came third, and I qualify for Olympiad again. So, basically, this Nationals, they take the best three players in it, the top three players in it, and they send them towards the Chess Olympiad. And the last two players are usually decided through performance rating. So this tournament is usually very intense. This national championship is usually very intense in comparison to, let's say, the national championship, which would take place next year. Because this one is the Olympiad qualifying year. Next year, it, would, it wouldn't it would have that, um, you know, you wouldn't be able to win something with that prestige. You wouldn't be able to, like, qualify for something. So it would just be a normal national championship. So usually you get the strongest players coming out when it's the Olympiad year, which is this year. It was it was that strong that um I entered this tournament as the eighth seed. So <laughs> I mean coming from the World Open, where of course um you participated in, I returned back home with a rating of something like 2054 or somewhere there. Mm-hmm. So it was you know, it was more or less my lowest chess rating for years because when I got my first FIDE rating, it was actually that same rating. So, you know, you can imagine uh, my mental approach seeing that rating there. But at the same time, the experience I got from being out in the US, I had a different um, approach to chess when I returned home. You know, I wasn't too worried about the rating because mm-hmm. I felt like even though I lost a lot of rating in the US, I gained a lot of understanding of where my weak points are, um, you know, my impatience towards the um, time control across there. So a lot of adjustments I could have made before my national championship. 
So yeah, this nationals was was really intense. You got about at least four players who were above twenty two hundred, and then there's me who's who's only twenty fifty four. Okay, cool. Now I know on this podcast I like to jump around, but sure. like like you said, I met you at the World Open. Yeah, and we played before we get into our game. You beat me two zip. You beat the GM and the uh, what's it? The Daily Bliss tournament. You beat him two zero. Um. Hmm. I can't, I can't recall, you know. <laughs> I think you, I think you beat. A, if you look at the crosshair, I think you beat a because we played in the tournament. I think the top rated player was Jim, and I'm a hundred percent sure you beat him in the Blitz tournament two zero. You can look up the cross table, but I'm pretty sure you did. I think, um, if I recall, one of the Blitz. I think I won. I won like maybe about two of the Blitz tournaments, or maybe three. I can't even remember the amount, but it's on my page, the amount I won. But one of them, um, the GM, I think he he did not um, play for the first, I think it's the first round or something. Mm-hmm. So because he forfeited that round, I just I just basically scored so many points that even though he played all the other games, he couldn't, mm. he couldn't catch up to me anymore. Mm. So I think it might be that what happened. Mm-hmm. But I know I beat some some good players, but I'm not sure if I defeated a GM in any of the um, blitz tournaments that we that we had. You okay, know, I, I can't. After, yeah. After this podcast, I'm gonna look at the cross table and send it to you. But I'm. Yeah, no problem. We um, actually played first round, right? Of the blitz tournament. Now, what you thought about that game? You you beat me two zero, but they yeah. were very close games. Yeah, when when we played, I I know I was a bit worried because. I mean, I think um, I play fairly well with, with, when it comes to Blitz. You know, I, I, I enjoy Blitz. And I, I was having a hard tournament with that World Open. And I said, man, I'm going to relieve some stress in this Blitz. And it so happened that our game didn't feel too much like a stress reliever. You know, I, I had to think my way through to figure out something that was um, highly tactical, something that was a bit confusing. Because I believe you got a position where you had the advantage and I had no choice but to complicate the game. In one of the games at least, yeah, I had no choice but I had to complicate it and say, man, I hope I hope he doesn't see everything. Mm. So yeah, it was a close match. I even remember your expression. Because <laughs> <laughs> after I went, you were like, you know, I could see in your expression like, what the heck, man? What went on here? You know, I'm pretty sure I had him on the edge there. So yeah, that was a, a hell of an experience in um in those games. And I didn't I didn't expect you to come with such intensity now because I think rating wise, the strength I I got over the board wasn't exactly the same as the rating. No, I, I agree with that. And let's also talk about the friendship. Now you work with my friend Chris Sims, Christopher. Yeah, I work with Christopher. So what do you think about Christopher? Because he introduced, you know what I'm saying? He, yeah. he you know, give him props for putting this together. What do you think about Chris and his game? Okay, Christopher seems highly aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he reminds me of a friend of mine. Um, that's Orlando Husbands, who's from the Caribbean. He is from um, Barbados. He's a black international master. And um, he also has a GM norm. You might have seen him when we were up there. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I remember when I met Lando, like just just playing online, he was very aggressive. You know, and 
usually when you're very aggressive, it's difficult to play against me because you get you get some problems where you know I just tend to defend a little. Yeah, you could say master level at least feed a master level. I could definitely hold my end when it comes to defending. So Chris, Chris, we played some a lot of chess in the skittles room. You know, once more I just was blowing steam like I, I just want to play. Just have fun, and every game he was just highly aggressive. So. I mean, one of the things I would aim for now is, yes, you keep the aggression, but also, um, you know, I believe at a point there needs to be the balance. So, yes, the aggression, but there also needs to be the positional style to it. Um, you know, being able to convert that aggression to a win, because sometimes you play aggressive, you get a nice position, but in terms of converting that position, you get difficulties. So, right now, that's, you know, that's my goal with Chris to get that combination uh but i mean he's an amazing person in terms of you know putting me on to you um you know he's he's always looking for positive things from from what i know of him so far yeah and even not really knowing me what much and then adding me on facebook communicating with me it was it was a great experience for me you know being exposed in philly like that so yeah chris chris is cool cool Cool. Now let's get back to you because you're on here to let the world know about Kevin Cupid. How did you get your start in chess? And tell me how the chess scene is. You're from Barbados, Trinidad. I'm from Trinidad. Yeah, Trinidad and Tobago. Okay, so yeah, tell me about the chess scene over there. You know, how did you get into chess? And tell me, let the world know about the chess scene over there. Um. Well, firstly. I used to play a game called, well, well, a lot of people will know it as checkers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for us in Trinidad, a lot of times we play drafts, which is like a hybrid of um, checkers. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, we have some modified rules and whatnot. And how I began, how I led up to chess was I would play drafts with my grandfather from a young age maybe like let's say eight years old you know very young we got a drafts board and i would play against him i would play against one of his um old man friend you know one of the elder folks and that was a big thing so it took me so it took me a while it took me some years before i was able to defeat my grandfather you know and when i say defeat i mean constantly win because i wouldn't i don't really count a defeat as you know i make a one win and that's that when I say yes, I could defeat someone, I consider it no matter how many games we played, I, I, I will get a very high percentage, like 80% win ratio and whatnot. So that probably took about three years or something. Um, but after that, what happened is my grandfather said, listen, I resigned the champion. I ain't playing you no more. <laughs> so he was no longer interested in playing me any drafts because of course I'd run, run back to my grandmother and tell her every time I won, you know, I, I was excited. So, in um, Trinidad, there's a system, the school system, um, it starts with preschool, then it goes to, um, let's say, uh, primary school, secondary school, and then university life, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, um, it's, it's a little different to the American education system. So, in primary school, um, I ended up completing let's say there's an exam before you enter to secondary school where they get to place you according to how well you did so after i completed that exam there was a period i had to wait 
for the results. So that period is usually about two months. And during that period, you'd play board games. You know, you'd be able to be free. You do whatever you want in school. You're going to school, but you're not you're not doing a lot of schoolwork and whatnot. You know, it's more relaxation period because you're okay. waiting for your big results. So I saw them playing this game called chess and I was, you know, I was excited because com- in comparison to checkers or drafts, um, chess had pieces moving all over the place. So I was like, what? This, this is amazing. I need to learn whatever this is because I'm pretty sure this is going to be more intense than those drafts game that I played with my grandfather. So I begged a friend to teach me chess, you know. At first she was like, you're not going to learn this game quickly. This game takes a while to learn. So I just kept nagging her day by day, day by day. And then eventually she gave in. And she said, okay, I will teach you. So she taught me chess. And as soon as she finished um, teaching me how the pieces move, I said, okay, I want to play your game. So she was like, I don't think you've learned how the pieces move as yet. This, this take a while for practice and whatnot. So I said, okay, just play me a game, please. So she decided to play me a game and I defeated her immediately, right? So at the end of the game, I won. So I was like, in my mind, well, this is very confusing. How could I now learn this game? They were playing this all the time in school. And I just, you know, win the game. (laughs) Um, So after I went around the classroom and I kept challenging everybody who was playing that same chess, I kept challenging them that day. And I kept defeating them. So I was like... This is not making sense in my mind. I think this game's <laughs> supposed to be more difficult than drafts. Right. So I challenged my teacher and I defeated him too. So I was like, okay, this game doesn't make any sense. Right. As this is too easy. So after primary school, I got my results and I went to um, Holy Cross College. Now, even though the name is college, it's still a secondary school. So it's not like university work, you know? Mm-hmm. So I went to Holy Cross College, which is, you know, a well-known school in my um, area. I'm from Arima. So when I went to Holy Cross College, the first day I entered the school, I saw a flyer. And I said, and, and the flyer was, you know, a chess tournament. I said, what? There are tournaments in this? So I got extremely excited. I saw the prizes and whatnot. So I decided to, you know, this, this is where I need to be. I said, if, if they are strong players, this is where they will be in this tournament. So I went to the tournament. I played. You know, they were calling some names. That time I knew no one. So I could care less who you are. I just want to play chess. You know, I just want to see how strong I really am. And I ended up coming third in that tournament. So even though I lost, I, I think I probably lost like two games max. Um, out of about five games so I probably scored about three out of five something like that but the point was me I coming third in that tournament was a big thing to me because I firstly got money and I got a hamper so I was like what I could win money in this thing <laughs> you know usually I did I did athletics before I did other sports and you will get a medal when you do good but seeing you could get money that's that's like a big motivation there so, also, the person who came first, there was, there was a kid called Karen Cabrales, and he came first. And his father offered me um, to come to their school. They had a chess school. And he offered me to come to the school for free, and they would coach me. You know, free, free coaching service. So I, awesome. Yeah, I took up chess from there. You know, right away I went to the school, and I started, I started training more in chess. And that's what led me to where I am now. 
from that training eventually i defeated the um the coaches there it didn't take long maybe about i think like one to two years max okay yeah and i was able to defeat all the coaches there so you know i just moved on from there but at some point in time not too long after i, I began chess um i went to a tournament um at the same the same place where the coaching was that's in boys rc and i met this lady and she asked me to play a game so i'm always interested in playing whoever you know because you know mm-hmm. you know it's chess we, we love to play any strange person we have never seen before we want to play them we want to see how much they know the game in comparison to us so i decided i decided to play the lady and i defeated her after i defeated her she was like who are you i've never seen you before so you know i told her my name and whatnot and she told me she was a national female champion so you know this is like probably like a year of me playing chess right so i was like all right cool you know i'm just listening and she said listen i'm, I'm deciding to sponsor your coach for a period of 13 sessions and she sponsored me the current national champion at that time for 13 sessions. Wow. Yeah, so that's how chess has really been for me from the start. And I I mean, I started at 13 years old. Huh? So I started pretty late. But most of my... Yeah, go ahead. I apologize. So it sounds like you was pretty much a natural talent. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think so. Because I was just, you know, I was performing from the start, from the get-go. So let me ask you, because I know a lot of people going to ask this when they hear this, like, you beating everybody. Once you started playing, was there, like, any studying, any books, any, like, references to, like, improve your game? At the start, my guidance was mainly from um, the school that I, I got the, um, you know, I got to enter in freely. So mm-hmm. that was some of my guidance. Um, then I went to another school um, in, um, that was in Port of Spain. Someone else, you know, they said, come on board. You don't have to pay. And that's where I really got my guidance from here and there. I also downloaded, like, Chessmaster. Those days, it was, like, Chessmaster 3000, Chessmaster 5000, Chessmaster 7000, 10th edition, you know? So I would use those things. And funny enough, when there was Chessmaster 10th edition, I would play against like um you know Fisher and it had a it had a system where you could play against those people, you know like the computerized version. Mm-hmm. And I was I was drawing a lot of games against the GMs there, you know, like the computerized version. I was drawing a lot, but I didn't really take it on as you know something big. So I think um I didn't have access to a lot of material. I just went with whatever the coaches were teaching me. And I worked with that. But at those times, I was not reading any books. I, whatever you teach me in the class, I went with that. You know? Whatever tactics, whatever little puzzles. So, but of course, that and the, um, the chess master, whatever, um, like, they used to have lessons on the chess master, I would do the lessons. But usually in preparation for a tournament, what I did, I would just go through Grandmaster games, even, even as a... Um, a beginner. I would go through Grandmaster games on my little computer I had and I would just try to play like that. that. That's basically what I did for preparation and training and whatnot. But I had no chess books at that time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My first chess book, I would say maybe I was about, probably about 16 there. And that was um, I got Winning Chess Tactics by Yasser Sarwan. That was my first chess book. Wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Was that your when you came to the World Open this year? Was this your first time coming to the World Open? No, I've came to World Open before. Um, that was in 2015, I believe. Eh? Either 2015 or 2016. Let me see. Let me make sure. It was 2016 because I won the national championship to qualify for Olympiad for the first time. That was in um, 2015, right? And this was my first Olympiad I would go to in 2016 in Azerbaijan. Now, before that, in other words, before going to that Olympiad, I did not have any international experience. I had played chess regionally, but I never played internationally. So I found that to be a problem. I was saying to myself, you know, I'm going to go to chess Olympiad and I don't have that kind of exposure. Chances are I might suffer badly in that tournament. So World Open, I prepared to play in right before chess Olympiad to get me, you know, to get me just to get the exposure. So World Open would have been 2016, the first time I played in World Open. And I actually had a game with Shabalov the first round. And it was like a position where I should have drawn and I end up um, losing just some tactical shots in the end game. Uh, and funny enough, I was telling him after, you know, I think I was slightly better. You know, he's a GM and a well-known person in, um, in the US. And I was telling him, I think I'm slightly better in that end game before I make that tactical error there. And he was like, uh, no, I think I'm slightly better. So I said, <laughs> him, I, I said, okay, cool. And funny enough, when I came back home, and I did some analysis on it with the computer. The computer said I was slightly better, you know. Uh, but I lost that game. Um, that World Open was tough to me. I think I lost maybe, let's say, 60 rating points. But the experience was what I really was focusing on. It wasn't so much... I, I mean, yes, I wanted to win, you know. I wanted to win a category prize and whatnot. But the main thing was really to get that experience out there. And after the World Open... I went to Olympiad and I end up beating, um, defeating a grandmaster in the first round. So, you know, after playing against Shabalov and, you know, just getting that exposure from the World Open, when I went to Olympiad, I didn't have that, like, nervous because I'm playing a GM or whatnot. It, it didn't matter to me. I just wanted to play good chess. So, yeah, World Open, World Open has been good to me when it comes to uh, returning or playing another tournament after it. I usually spike in my performance. Okay, now it's two World Open. There's World Open the tournament, and then yeah. it's World Open the Skittles room. Right. <laughs> what do you think about the Blitz action in the Skittles room? Well, the Blitz, the Blitz action in the Skittles room is amazing to me. You know, it's it's really amazing. The first World Open I played, I didn't. I think I saw the Skittles room, but I didn't know it for what it was now. You know, I just was like, okay, random guys playing chess in there, whatever. You know, but the second time, which is um, when you saw me, so mm -hmm. that's um, that's what earlier this year, yeah. Yes, sir. When I when I saw this little room and I I realized, you know, everybody coming together, I was like, hey, this is amazing. I realized the pikong. Now in my country, we call it pikong. Pikong is really like you know when you hear the guys troubling each other. And mm -hmm. they'll, they'll tell a man, man, I'll beat you down to your pants. You know, all those kind of jokes and things. We call it a Trinidad Peacock. So when I witnessed that, it was like, wow, I, I could play some chess in here. I could have some enjoyment in here. So Skittle Room is, is really what introduced me to Chris. 
and really what introduced me to you you know like even though we would have played a game we didn't really communicate after and whatnot but skittle room is where you could really get to you know make friends so i i enjoyed i enjoyed everything about this skittle room next time i'm gonna be, be playing even more in the skittles room okay so let me let me ask you like another question you're trying to get exposure and get your name out there uh here in the united states we play a lot of like over the board blitz matches for money right would that be something you interested in yeah of course of course <laughs> but at the current level i probably would need to increase my level a bit but sure that, that definitely that definitely something i'd be interested in i mean but these players range from like 2000 all the way up to international master strength and blitz yes. so is there anybody particular that you could see yourself or want to play like a lock-in blitz match with uh you mean from from the u.s i, I mean it could be from the u.s it could be from your country right. um like you said over here we got nathan kelly with the uh, national blitz league he yeah. put on matches it yeah. could be anybody that you feel like you know i want to play a blitz match let's get it in anybody uh, currently, currently, I don't have anyone in mind, but um, once you suggest a player, I'm willing to play. You know, I love chess. <laughs> chess once chess I suggest me. a player? Yeah, if you know play. anyone, you, you know, you say, man, I'd like to see that match, I would play. That's not a problem for me. Yeah, but that means you probably coming to the States, United States. Oh, okay. Um... That it might be challenging in terms of like the finances for me to come there, but mm. once so chances are it's, it would probably be better. Like say if I'm coming for World Open and Philadelphia International, that we organize it around that time so that way it cuts my costs. But cool. that aside, I'm willing to play. Have you, is been, not, have you ever been yeah. to the Chicago Open? No, I've never been to the Chicago Open. Maybe, maybe you should try the Chicago Open. It's like, in, in the United States, we have, like, a couple big tournaments. We have the North American Open in December, the Chicago Open, then the World Open. A lot when of is people, the... Huh? When is the Chicago Open um, held? The Chicago Open is Memorial Day weekend. Okay. So that's, like, May, May. It's around the holiday. Yeah. And uh, you get a lot of... Uh, strong players coming there. It's not as strong as the World Open, but you get a lot of strong players. I think I would love to see you play this guy named Daniel Jones. <laughs> sure. Um, I will see I will see what I could get um, done. If you have any information on it, after the podcast, you could send me. And um, What I want to do now is I want to begin working on sponsorships to be able to go to tournaments because like the World Open and the Philadelphia International Mm. About 75 of the cost was from my pocket, you know? So it's been heavy on me. So what I want to do is once I have information before and I want to work on getting sponsors on board so that I don't have that much of a cost from my pocket. You know, I got a, I got a, a, little, a little assistance for the um, World Open and Philadelphia International, but it was not much in comparison to the amount of money I needed to spend. No, I, t- I totally agree. Uh, yeah, like uh, chess costs a lot of money. Do you know, yeah. uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Dain Shabazz? Yeah, yeah, uh, from the chess draw. Yeah, he actually came Trinidad at some point in time. For um, it used to have a tournament called Caribbean Chess Carnival, 
So I remember him coming down there and I've spoken to him once or twice. Hmm. Hmm. So let me <laughs> ask you another question. The Indian yeah. and the African American community is, from my knowledge, there's only three black grandmasters in the whole world. Right? Yeah. We Amon Simatui, um, Puntus Carlson, Jim Puntus, and um, mm-hmm. well, Maurice Ashley, of course, the fa- most famous. Right. What do we need to do as African Americans to get over that hump to get GM titles, from your opinion? Right, that's a very good question. Um, because funny enough, as you said that, um, just um, a couple months ago, I was watching, um, I saw a picture of um, Joshua Colas and um, what's this guy named Jeffrey Zong. Mm-hmm. Right, I saw a picture of them when they were kids, like really young, and I said, "Hmm." I'm just watching the picture, and I'm saying, "I wonder what rating. Um, how much stronger Jeffrey was than Joshua at this point in time, you know?" Mm-hmm. So I just took the year from the picture, and I went on Fide, and I I, I compared both of them rating and stuff, and I think Colas was around 21 something Jeffrey was around 21 something but he was like let's say about 21 90 something and Colas was like 21 30 something so basically it was not more than 100 points difference between them at that point in time and then here we are now well we see Jeffrey's 2700 and Colas is somewhere around 23 something right yeah I think 23 high 24 he might, he might be 24 I think he's 24 Okay, well, Fide wise, I'm referring to right because I'm not too um, familiar with the USCF um, chess rating. Okay, well, I know USCF. I, yeah, I know. Put it like this: I know that he has all the norms for IM. He just got to get the rate. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, so what that makes him like twenty three, Fide? Yeah, twenty three something Fide. But on USCF, I expect him to be around twenty four something. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So that's my thing. My thing is like. You know, both of them were at the same level and then you, you just get one person just go on shoot. And I think one of the main things um, for, um, you know, African-American or black men on the whole, even um, Africans um, from the Caribbean and so on. The One of the main issues to me is funding, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's, not, it's not like we don't have the skills. It's not like we don't have the talent. Right. But when it comes to funding, for example, my grandparents, um, my grandfather would have told me many times over to stop chess. You know? He mm-hmm. said, man, he said, this chess is taking more money out of you than it is putting in. And my grandfather is a businessman, you know. Mm-hmm. He does um, he does rental apartments and he's a con- well, he did um, contract work in construction and whatnot. So he believes that every dollar you spend, you must gain money from it he does not believe in like you know you could not always you would gain money sometimes you just see somebody happy well he he has a different approach to things he finds once money comes out of your pocket somebody must go back in so in his mind chess is like it's like it drains me it doesn't put that money back in my pocket so much so you wouldn't get i wouldn't get the kind of support i would you know expect from him Right. Uh, you know, even all the way through my chess career, most times, if not all the times, um, what I would do is when I win a chess tournament, I would save the money, 
and then when I need to go like a tournament regionally, I would take the same money from what I won from the chess tournaments and put it back into the um into traveling expenses and whatnot. So you never really get to build up that account, right? Mm-hmm. So financially, it's a serious problem. Um, we I, I don't know how um accessible sponsors are for us also. That seems another challenge, and I think it's not so much to do with the the, the talent or the skill. I think that is guaranteed. That is there. But at the end of the day, chess is is a sport that it needs a lot of finances going into it. Otherwise, you're going to meet some dead ends. I mean, you want to play for a GM norm, you need a lot of tournaments leading up to that GM norm tournament you're going to play. You need proper coaching, you know. I mean, I have been coaching myself for the past six years. So, you know, you would see a kind of stagnant phase in me for a while if you watch rating-wise because it's difficult, you know, coaching yourself to go to push forward as fast as, let's say, someone who has a coach four days a week, two hours a day, mm-hmm. right? That that person will advance rapidly. So I think that's one of the major issues for us currently. It's, it, it goes down to finances and the level of importance a parent would put to watch chess in comparison to let's say athletics, boxing, football. You know that um you know that kind of phrase where they go back to like Africans are only for the athletic um aspects, you know, and you know that kind of cliche um phrasing. So usually you would get more investments going towards something physical than something mental when it comes to you know someone of African descent. I think that's that's the main issue. If we get if we get the support, then it, if we don't have that support, it's gonna slow you down tremendously. Like even for me now, I'm trying to um, I'm trying to settle my finances so that I could decide to say, listen, this whole year is devoted to chess and me playing tournaments, going for my norms, whatnot, whatnot. Currently, I can't say that because I'm not in that position as yet, and that. And of course, when you look at the age factor now, the longer you take to have that finances sorted out, the more difficult it is to create a grandmaster out of that individual, right? Because at 15, you have a good individual we could create a grandmaster from. At 27, it becomes more difficult. At 32, well, you know, you might have kids, you might have lots of other responsibilities coming into play. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's the main difficulty for us. In my opinion, finances and that stigma attached to, well, you know, you're black, so you're, you're most likely better at physical stuff than mental stuff, which, of course, makes no sense in my opinion. I agree. I, I agree with you. I feel like in the African-American household in the United States. Give me one people... sec, right? I'm not hearing you. Um, that. Uh... You hear me? The volume just dropped um, considerably. Give me one second. Okay, one second. Yeah, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's still um. Is I'm not too. Sh- um, hmm. How could I hide this up? One sec. I'm just gonna connect my Bluetooth. Okay, no problem. Sweet. 
Can you hear me now? Kevin. Can you hear me now? Yeah, what's going on, Kevin? I know we had... Te- you can hear me? Yeah, I mean, you're good enough. Yeah, my bad. I know we had technical difficulties, you know, because like you said, I'm in the United States. You're in Trinidad, right? Yeah. So we had to, you know, reconnect and all that other stuff, but I'm going to let you continue off where you left off at. We were just talking about why it's not a lot of African-American GMs, and what I was going to say was I agree with you. Because yeah. in the Uni- United States... I see a lot of this is a lot of parents can look at LeBron James. A lot of parents can look at uh, a football player, Floyd Mayweather. Right. They will invest in their kids doing that because they see the money that these players make. But when it comes to chess and you tell African-American kid, boy or girl, they playing chess. I just think, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Just in my opinion, they don't see no rich you see what i'm saying chess players so it's like hard for them to throw their money they yeah. throw a few dollars at it but that's what i think they won't throw a lot of it a lot of it at it and go at it far as like coaching i agree and yeah. all that other stuff you agree yeah because uh i know a lot of people in detroit that probably could have made 24 2500 but like it's it's the finances man like you said it's the finances you agree? Kevin. Okay. Five, three, you yeah. agree with me? Sorry. Yeah. It's the same thing with my grandfather. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna spend 10, 20. I can't see a guaranteed return. Because in chess, even if I become, you know, an international master grandmaster. He doesn't have anything conclusive to say that, yes, he's going to get X amount of money back. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So, you also are a chess coach, right? Yeah, I do full-time coaching. Um, Give me one sec. I don't know why this keeps, the volume keeps dropping Mm -hmm. once more. I'm trying to sort that out. Like, the volume was good at the start, and then um, it just dropped again. No, no problem. No problem. Take your time. Uh, yeah, just, just, um, t- let me just test the um, volume to see how good I'm in you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I don't know what to do with this stock. I'm not getting to hear you well. I don't know why. I think it's some adjustment with my phone. I'm not too good with these iPhones. No, it's, it's like you said, man. There's no problem. Like you said, I appreciate you. It's okay. Go ahead. I know I, I, I could keep the phone to my ear and um, I would listen that way. No, I mean, like you said, I appreciate you coming up here, getting yourself the exposure. Let me yeah. ask you a question. Do you play on lead chess? Do you have a lead chess handle? Yeah, I play on lead chess, but um, I don't play that much. 
So I, why don't you play that much? Usually I play more on um, chess.com. See, you're missing out on a lot of action. Have you heard of the National Blitz League? No, I haven't heard of the National Blitz League. Okay, see, when I get off this podcast, I'm going to talk to somebody. We're going to try to get you signed up. And uh, it's like a league full of like strong players, like 2600s, 2500s. And they play almost every week on league test to help you sharpen out your skills. You ever heard of Gopal, National Master Gopal, uh, Mm. Yakov? You ever heard of Yakov? Yeah, I've heard of Yakov. He didn't play it on there before. You, that's something that I think will benefit you. I mean, it's a lot of blitz and bullet, but I think it will really like sharpen you and keep your game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tight. Mm. No problem. Yeah. You, so you when, just yeah. So like you said, when I uh when we finish this podcast, I put out I'm gonna reach out to uh Nathan Kelly. We are gonna get you in there. They play a lot of online matches. Like I just played JJ Lane. He's an expert. And I, I think that'll help you out tremendously with your uh, <coughs> uh, with your chess game. All right, no problem. Uh, sounds good. So, tell the world, the people that listen, like if they want to contact you for lessons and all that other stuff, give them your information. Okay. Um, at Instagram, you could follow me at King Kev. That's K I N G K E V twenty six hundred. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, on Facebook, my chess page is Kevin Cupid, K-V-I-N-C-U-P-I-D. And my actual Facebook account is Kevin Cupido. So you just add an O to the Cupid. Uh, also, if you want to contact me through email, then it's KMTC1991-1991 at hotmail.com. But once you add my Facebook page... It should be easy to get into any communication with me from there because I'm always active on Facebook. Yeah, so that's that's more or less it in terms of any um contact want to be made. And like you said, we're looking forward to seeing you at the Chicago Open. Uh I'ma reach out, see can uh we get you a match play. Yeah. Uh like you said, I heard nothing but good things about you from, my, you know, my homeboy, Chris Sims. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, if you ever want to come back on this podcast, feel free. Like you said, I use this platform to promote chess all over the country. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say? I mean, what's next for you? You are you are a FIDE master, right? Yeah, I'm currently a FIDE master. Um, okay, next year. I have Chess Olympiad, as I said earlier on. Um, that would be in Russia. So, you know, I expect I expect that Olympiad to be one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. But at least it would be the greatest for me, most likely, that I've ever experienced because I've never been to Russia before. I went to Azerbaijan, went to Georgia, but never Russia. <coughs> so, currently, my aim for next year is to get prepared for that Olympiad. Because chances are, I most likely will be playing board one for my country, right? Yeah. Um, being, the, being the national champion and um, having some experience in Olympiad, I probably would get to play board one. Um, of course, I want to raise my rating a bit to, be, to make sure I, I um, get that spot, that board one spot, and represent my country well. So right now, I ordered some books already because I had spoken to um, GM Yakov Agar. 
and you know i told him well you know i can't cover his um, fees of course but i'd like some advice from him to move from the current level i am to you know close to gm level or 2400 just just to get out of this zone and he said well he'll highly recommend his books and he think they'll do the job so um i'm just waiting for those uh, six books i ordered and that's on my list right now i'm going to read out all those books you talking about books. like grandmaster calculation and positional playing all of that yeah stuff. exactly yeah i so, can email you down well i i ordered all of them oh so, you ordered yeah i ordered them already because i like to have you know the actual um hard copy oh, you know yeah you know i got a different feeling there so i would be using them as soon as possible they're actually in trinidad already so i'm just waiting for the person to give me the cost for them because they will come up to about in all they might come up to about 300 us or let's say about 280 us when you cover shipping and everything um so i'm just waiting for them to give me the cost and tell me where to meet them to pick them up and that from the moment i get those books i'm probably going to become a bit unavailable to a lot of people who are um, you know more accustomed to me messaging a lot and what not because i'm going to go into those books deeply and i think i'm not sure if i could even finish them all of them before chess olympiad but i want to finish at least 3 before let's say um i would say well since you told me about chicago open i would want to finish at least 3 of those books before chicago open once i'm going to go to watch that um also there's a tournament called subzonas i don't know if you know much about it no sir. but subzonas is um they have it in all regions right there are subzonas and there are zonals and then after from zonas there's world cup you get to qualify to go world cup and of course we know from world cup then there's candidates i believe right and of course from candidates world championship so subzonas they have it in every zone and we're in the um i think the south american zone but we don't play against like countries like um you know um let's say colombia and what not they're in a separate zone to us so subzonas take place that same year of olympiad every time around so you'll have subzonas next year then you'll have subzonas 2022 and what subzonas does it's a, it gives you the opportunity to get an international master title straight you understand provided you have reached 2200 at some point in time in your chess career so once you come first in subzonals you get that international master title and you also qualify for zonals um but you're eligible to like about a 60% um airfare waiver waiver and um you also get free food you know so basically you 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 come top 3 in subzonals you're going to go to zonals even though zonals is now an open tournament so even if you don't qualify you could decide to play in it but you come top 3 in subzonals you could go to zonals and they would help you with the cost and zonals will definitely have some gms so you know it's a serious exposure for next year So I'm aiming to go to subzonals. I don't know what country it would be in, but it would be in the Caribbean for sure. And I want to read out possibly as as much books as possible in preparation for that subzonal. Hopefully I could get a chess coach on board too. And yeah, my my I just want to be intense with chess from now till chess olympiad because I already defeat some GMs again. I got to get a let's say a wrong 2350 minimum performance rating in my tournaments next year like we'll do upon Philadelphia International, you know, Chicago Open, 
So yeah, those are those are some of the big goals for next year. Before I let you go, I got two questions for you. Sure. I want you to name some of the grandmasters you've beaten. Right. And tell me how important chess is to you and your country. Okay. Um, I've defeated. Let me see if I can remember his name. Um, that was in um the the tournament, the Olympiad in Azerbaijan. My first chess Olympiad, board one. Well, actually, I played board two. I defeated GM Nikola Sedlak. He's from Serbia. He's one of the top players in Serbia, if not the top. Um, outside of that, I've defeated GMs and you know, and like chess.com blitz numerous times, you know. Um, but I don't like remember their names because you know, I don't really count the blitz, the blitz games. I always look forward to like the um classical games. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of like saying, okay, I defeated these GMs and blitz, I, I won't really um remember it in my mind, but I've defeated uh, about maybe at least three or four GMs blitz wise online. But classical game, I've only defeated um, Nicola Sedlak. And of course, I've defeated many IMs in classic. Well, not many, but I've defeated some IMs in um, classical games. And uh, well, yeah, <laughs> FMs, of course, is no problem. So, yeah, that's how it has been in respect to that. Um, with respect to chess, can you repeat the question with respect to chess and my country? I said, what does playing chess like mean to you? Because like you said, you're your country's national champion. What does that mean to you? Right. So, okay, playing chess to me, firstly, is like my everything, you know. I fully commit to chess. I'm a full-time coach, even though I have a degree in economics. Um, I'm a full-time chess coach. And I'm a full-time player. So I do both competitive play and the coaching. Uh, So chess is like, chess helps me with everything else in my life. You know, making decisions, um... You know, figuring out my way through things quickly. Sometimes people are trying to, you know, outsmart you. You say, okay, I, I got my chess skills. I'm going to use it now. I'm way ahead of their thinking and whatever, whatever they're trying to work around me. Um, so that chess has a major, major impact on my life, especially being, um, you know, a black person. You, you, tend, you tend to have to use that intellectual side a lot. Huh? Um with respect to my country and me and I winning national championship, the main goal for me is really to represent my country 100% fully. You know, go to Olympiad and put Trinidad on the map. That's what I'm always aiming to do when I go out there. So, irrespective of what country I go to, irrespective of what um, person I play against, the idea is to just go out there and do some serious damage and fly that red, white and black. So... That's, that's mainly how chess is for me. Not only that, but I also want to be an inspiration to the youths in my country. Both black youths, East Indian youths. I just want to be an inspiration so that we could create some grandmasters, we could create some top chess players. And that's also why I'm taking my chess coaching more and more intense. And one of my goals is also to eventually become a FIDE senior trainer, which is a very tedious process. But my one of my goals, honestly... It's to create some grandmasters, you know, create some serious grandmasters. It might take some time, but yeah, that's how I that's how I look at it in terms of chess and my connection to it being in the country and not just in Trinidad, but in the Caribbean on a whole and even in the US. If I could influence some black kids in the US, you know, getting we getting some numbers up there, that's good because I find honestly being an African person, a person of African descent, we we don't have enough GMs out there. And I feel like 
there's a stigma attached to us. Funny enough, when I went to Olympiade in Georgia, um, I went with my hair in plaits, you know? Mm. And it was amazing in the airport how everybody was looking at me. Like, when I, when I reached across there, you know, it was like, it's like a spectacle to them. So I don't know if it's, it was connected to me as a chess player or me as an individual or whatever the case may be. That didn't really, um, that doesn't throw me off. But, but it's just interesting to know you being in a sport like chess. I would love to see more of our players, um, you know, being more involved. Like even our GMs we have currently, I don't think any of them are um, really um, that involved competitive-wise. So we get GMs and then they just disappear in terms of the competitive side. So you don't have that motivation aspect for the black kids coming up who would like to be GMs. So that's my take on thing. I want to motivate people as much as possible to know, listen, we could do it. I mean, even though I'm 28 right now, if I'm able to become a GM, let's say by 32, at the end of the day, a lot of black folks are going to see, listen, it's not an impossible feat. Because, you know, they like to attach numbers to the time you could accomplish something. For them, it's, you know, for, you look at the world, it's always okay. At this age, you could accomplish this. After that age, it becomes extremely more difficult. I just want to break barriers, you know, so that that mental side of things for, for um, a lot of our youths, it wouldn't be there. Like, like they wouldn't have... You know, that, that, that mentality that, listen, I really can't do this. I'm, I'm past the stage for that. Even the adults, they wouldn't say that anymore. They would be able to push themselves all the way. So, yeah, that's one of my main goals, really. Thank you so much for being on the uh, podcast. I appreciate it. I wish you so much support. And I believe in speaking stuff into existence. You will be an international master. You will be a grandmaster. Uh, keep studying bro and uh, all your dreams are going to come true for sure I appreciate your time I appreciate the effort I appreciate uh, you know being in that skitter's room meeting everyone in there and I, I also want to get more involved like you told me I'm just reminding you of course I know you remember but you sent me that um, leeches link and you know fill me in into the blitz let me get let me get let me start to get things heated there too because I always um, observe Nathan Kelly's um commentaries and I think it's a lot of players I won't remember their name but I always see the back and forth and I'm always interested in getting involved and I might also have another player who might also want to get on board alright yes sir man thank you enjoy yeah. your day give me about 20 minutes I'm gonna put this podcast out and I'm gonna message you I wish you nothing but this, uh, best wishes and success bro okay thanks a lot man I appreciate it keep good thanks thank you yeah